Welcome to the Speak Up Talk Radio Network, the Authors on Fire podcast. I am Pat Rulo with a Firebird Book Award winning author to share with you, Betty Cetus. And the winning book is titled Oscar and the Awful, Horrible Smell. Betty is the author of Troll Tales and Other Stories from Grandma's Cottage. She enjoys traveling and has visited many places around the world. She especially loves the log cottage she bought in the remote woods of Finland where she spent summers with her family and friends telling fanciful stories of provincial trolls, shy moose, and impish fish. She lives half the year in Tucson, Arizona with her husband and little dog, Jesse. Oscar and the Awful Horrible Smell is her first book with many more to come. I'll tell you what, we are going to have a good time today. Welcome to the network, Betty. Thank you so much. So I know we're going to have a good time today. (laughs) And I already had the opportunity to speak earlier with your daughter, Amanda, and we spoke about her book. So, um, yeah, I feel very honored and privileged to have a family affair here today. I've been telling stories since I was in second, first grade. On the way to school, I was always telling a story. (laughs) That's so funny that you can retrace something way back to the very beginning where it just is who you were, you know, just a storyteller from the very very beginning. And we're going to get into that. I just want to first congratulate you on winning the uh, Firebird Book Award. I was happy, happy, happy to share that with you. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, I was shocked, frankly. Oh, This old woman that told stories and all of a sudden won the second place. It was, (laughs) (laughs) it just threw me. (laughs) Well, I'm glad it was us. I'm glad you chose us to take that uh, bit of leap of faith. Uh, I appreciate that. Well, it was uh, a very nice thing. And I'm thankful for my daughter who wanted to publish these books because I never dreamed of publishing them, frankly. So you had ri- you had written them down, but, but, but didn't have them published until Amanda said, hey, let's get these published? Right, mm-hmm. right. And she wrote them down, and I didn't. I was a dyslexic child, mm-hmm. very dyslexic. And it really affected me. I was pulled out of the classroom in second grade, and we had to remedial reading in the hall. Mm -hmm. And I remember feeling ostracized. And my friends, who were friends as a child, wouldn't play with me because I was considered the dummy in the hall. And I had to, I had met, made friends with what we called as a child, kids over the track, on the other side of the track, you know? Right. And, but that was a good thing because I, I grew up realizing that people from all sides of the track are people and some shun you for what they think you are and others embrace you for what you are. are who you are. It's a powerful lesson I learned at a very young age. And I remember we moved to the country, my parents, and I had to go to a one-room school. And I sat down because I was so proud I got these third-grade books. And the teacher came up to me and said, oh, 
Your mother bought the wrong books. You're going back into the oh. second grade. Oh. Because you can't read. <laughs> but, you know, it was a good thing because I would hear the first graders learn to read, the second graders, and I learned, heard all these classes go through their studies, and I made myself learn to read because I love stories. And I couldn't read a storybook. My mother would sit down and read me fairy tale books and things like that. And I wanted to be able to read. We had a bookmobile that would come to the, you know, school, and we got to pick out books, and I couldn't read them. And I forced myself to learn to read. And that was before they even knew what, what? Mm-hmm. being dyslexic was. You know what I mean? I do. I wanted to be a teacher because... I wanted to teach children to learn to read. And this was the beginning of my purpose in life. But stories was there. Because when I couldn't get something, I would sit and look out the window and make up a story. (laughs) That was my escape. And I've never gotten over that. When I go to bed at night and can't sleep, I make up a story. And sometimes it gets so good that I have to keep (laughs) continuing the story and I don't sleep. (laughs) It's so good you can't go to sleep. (laughs) Oh, Betty, you know what? I know, I don't know personally, but my husband is dyslexic and grew up with the same kind of situation where, you know, they said he was a dummy. And, you know, for so many years you believe that. And I guess it still kind of hangs around in your psyche, even though you're brilliant, you know, he's a brilliant man. I'm really proud of the story you told us. I think it could be an inspiration for so many people that, you know, there's still life after the fact that somebody tells you something about yourself that's not even true. So, well, and my stories to my grandchildren, I have tried to incorporate even an Oscar and the smelly feet to have children look at themselves see what's wrong, and own it, Mm -hmm. and go beyond it. I think that's very important in life, not to wallow in our failures, but take our failures and make them victorious. Mm -hmm. Yes, so inspiring. And you have a lovely life backstory about your times in the remote woods of Finland that also inspired your storytelling and books? Oh, yes. I mean, we had a Finnish girl. She was 17. My son went to Finland with his wife just out of college to work with uh, disabled children because he he was going to be a neurosurgeon. And he wanted to see what effects the brain had on these children. And he called me up and said, Mom, I'm sending Amanda, a young girl who will be the nanny to her children, and she can live with you and Dad. Her name's Sadi. She'll be there in two weeks. And I said, all right. <laughs> and she came. Well, she was a wonderful girl. Oh. We loved her. She was like our own. And uh, she was, her parents were blue collar, and I knew she was bright. 
And I said, how about you go to college here and I'll, Tom and I'll give you a scholarship to go. She said, oh, no, no. I was on the track not to go to college. I said, look, I said, all of us American kids are dumb. You guys can, you're not, you can do it. Mm -hmm. I said, go to junior college, take a class, and we'll see how you do. So she did. She got an A, of course. And then she went to, through college and graduated, A's and B's. And my youngest daughter was graduating from school. And I said, well, let's go to Finland. And I'll meet your parents, and we can have fun. (laughs) So we did. And I was in real estate at the time, and I loved real estate. And I said, I want to buy a cottage. She told her dad. So a lady took us around, and I bought this cottage. And I emailed my husband, send the money, you'll love it. (laughs) (laughs) And he about died right there. And I said, this was inherited from my dad, and I'm going to do it. Hmm. And uh, he said, well, I'm going to have a psychiatrist in the living room (laughs) when you get home. (laughs) But we had fun. And we went to Finland, and I made sure all my grandchildren could come. And this is where we were inspired. We'd walk in the woods. One of the younger ones, Adriana, picked, she was from Tucson, of course. She picked all the fresh raspberries and strawberries. And she said, Grandma, she said, this is like a dessert store. And it's free. (laughs) I said, yes, it is. I said, isn't it wonderful? And they wanted me to make blueberry pie. And I said, well, you have to go pick all the blueberries. They'd bring one cup. I said, no, you have to have eight. (laughs) So they'd be all day picking blueberries. (laughs) And I'd be telling them these stories. And this is where Oscar came from. Oh, I love this story. I just love it. It's so wonderful. I could just imagine you showing up in Finland and just being so enchanted that you just were moved to spend time there. Some places draw you like that. Right. Yeah. And I, well, and we, we would go every summer. I took my parents there and Tom's mom mm-hmm. and, uh, but it got, when my parents were getting too old, yes. and I was afraid to be there, that they would, you know, natural yep, sold it. But I sold it to Sadie's parents. Oh. So that it stayed in the family. Stayed in the family. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's just like a wonderful ending to that story. Not really an ending, but, uh, yeah, just a continuation <laughs> right, right. for sure. So, so Betty, where did the Oscar idea come from and the um, awful, horrible smell? Well... The Finns have all these uh, trolls, and so I just imagined, well, what would a troll look like? So I would describe them to the kids, and uh, how he was a shy, quiet person, knew the woods, knew everybody in it, and it just kind of unfolded. And uh, Nathaniel, one of my grandkids, he always had smelly feet, <laughs> terribly smelly feet. And 
I got the idea that this troll loved blueberries, and of course he'd stomp in the woods barefoot and he'd get things between his toes, <laughs> and they would fester and ferment and smell. And, uh, and of course, you know, we always, when something happens teaching school, it's never our fault. It's always somebody else's, right? Mm-hmm. So the smell was coming from other places, see? Right. Never him. <laughs> <laughs> and I was trying to teach kids that you have to look to yourself sometimes. Yeah. Own up to it. And own up to mm-hmm. it. And that's where the story came from. Oh, my gosh. That is so fun. Um yeah, I'm so happy that Amanda decided to put this or help you to put this on paper. <laughs> yeah, well, she was following me around when I was telling this story, writing it down. <laughs> and uh, she's, my children are all very good with words. Mm-hmm. I was so terrible at writing things down that I always made sure they could write things down. Because mm-hmm. I had these things going on in my head and could never really... Yeah. Get them. Express them. Very good on paper. Mm-hmm. But they were always great on paper. Mm-hmm. And their father, who's a physicist, he was good on paper. So that's how that happened. Well, everyone has their talents, and you couldn't put anything on paper unless there was a a, a, a wonderful idea. So Well, th- words th- would come when I'd talk. Mm-hmm. But to sit down and try and put it on paper, I'd you know, misspell this or get the grammar wrong or something. Yeah. 90% <laughs> but, of it is the idea. And then, you know, you need the help to, and, and all authors need that. I mean, you've got the brilliant flash of, of creativity and then that's what editors are for and, and your publishing company to help you clean it all up and get it presentable. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. What about the illustrations for this book? How did they come about? Uh, Mandy found this man in Turkey. And he is excellent. I mean, I drew a picture of Oscar, and he took it and ran with it. And really, oh, I mean, he's just great, his pictures. He got the whole emotional theme of it, you know what I mean? I do. Mm -hmm. Of walking in the forest and enjoying the forest, and then all of a sudden smelling this horrible smell. (laughs) And thinking, well, who is causing this smell? And going to this and going to that. And here in the end, it was him. <laughs> Which was ironic, right? Yes, yes. Quite a, quite a lesson to be learned. And it's so, so um, fortuitous that you found somebody who could actually take... Um, the emotion and the feeling of your walks and, and what you had in mind and to be able to put that on paper is just always so astounding to me. It's such a talent. Oh, it is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a ter- it's really a wonderful talent. It is. It is. And I also, and, uh, I read on your website, there was a tribute from one of your grandchildren to, to you and your storytelling. And I thought that was just so touching. Yeah. All the kids really, um, Nathaniel wrote a tribute, and Isabel, and all of them. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I've always been pretty out and out with my grandkids, and they've always been out and out with me in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. 
we believe in having discussions and disagreeing and yet loving one another in spite of our disagreements at times and thinking about what the other person said. You know what I'm saying? I do. And uh, I remember once uh, Isabel and Elijah and Nathaniel were fairly close to the same age, and they'd play together. Well, Nathaniel was Mandy's child, and Isabel and Elijah was my son's children. And they kind of were talking to me about Nathaniel, and they said, Grandma, he's always so explosive and, you know, telling me how terrible he was. And I said, you know what? I said, you two have your your." problems too. I said, Isabel, you like to lie <laughs> to make yourself look good. And I said, Elijah, you like to sneak around, get the other guy in trouble, and then act like the little angel that you didn't do anything. Oh. And the two kids looked at me and Isabel said, Grandma, you really know us, don't you? Oh, wow. And I said, yeah. Yes. I said, you know, we all have those things in our lives that we need to look at mm. and be more loving to other people's faults. <laughs> but we always had those conversations. Mm-hmm. So important to have somebody in your life that you feel close to. And as you say, you can call them out. They could call you out, but you can always come back together and love and appreciate each other. That's kind of a rarity amongst families often, unless somebody takes charge like that. And you were the natural, natural person to do so. What an impact you've made on their lives. And I'm sure they're all going to go on to be their own type of storytellers or writers. I mean, who knows how you've inspired them? Well, I hope I've inspired them. You know, I was inspired as a small child. My parents didn't coddle you. That generation didn't, you know. Right. I knew they loved me, but I'd come home and complain about teacher. Mother would always say, well, what'd you do? Mm-hmm. No, I'm <laughs> I mean, that was the words out of their mouth. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was always inspired by nature. We had this oak tree that was in our yard, and I loved it. Mm. And I'd look at it, and I'd think, you know, God made this. What a wonderful thing. And I'd rub the Bible, which was never opened, mm. and I'd say, God, I want to know who you are. And, you know, I kind of started to learn who God was through his stories in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And I remember a church man said to me, he said, well, I never read about Noah and some of these stories because they were so brutal. And I said to him, as a child, I love those stories because it showed the power of God. Hmm. And he was looking out for humans to be good, not evil. Hmm. And he made it us pay consequences for our evilness. And we have to learn to redeem through him and to, you know, try to be good. Right, right. And he didn't get that in those stories, but as a child, I did. And they helped me to grow 
and look at things in a different way, you know? You were so wise as a little person. You almost wonder where that came from, you know? Well, I think maybe from those stories that I heard. Yeah, there you go. Perhaps. <laughs> yes. Yes. So interesting. So fascinating. Just kind of the evolution of a person from childhood to adulthood and then what they do for their families and then what, what they pick up on and carry on as a tradition. It's just so, so rich and beautiful. I'm sure that you constantly have stories and books. You could probably be publishing books 12 times a year. <laughs> well, I'm afraid I'm getting old enough now that <laughs> my memory isn't as good as it used to be, you know. Well, you just, you know, you know what, it's like an oral tradition. You just do need someone to follow you behind and write it all down. Right. Yep, yep, yep. So you have other tales. Um, we mentioned troll tales and other stories from Grandma's Cottage. Are any of those published or going to be? Um, Manny's trying to get the third book is being published now. Okay. And then there's two more, three more, I guess. And uh, <clears throat> so, you know, it's getting the illustrator back from Turkey and all this and that. Sure. So it's a lot. All the parts and pieces, yes. Yeah, all yep. the parts and pieces. Yep. She's working on it. And it's just blown me away, really, because I never dreamed this would be published. Uh, my sister's granddaughter took it to school and read it to classroom and they all <laughs> loved it, she told me. And I I just was shocked that this oh. little girl would take it and read it to her whole class at school. I mean, it just touched my heart. I thought yeah. <sighs> humbled me, you know what I mean? I do, I do. It's so meaningful. So so meaningful. You are a gift. Well, I don't know about that, but I've had these gifts from this child. I, I looked at it as such a gift that she would like it so much she'd take it to her mm -hmm. classroom and read it, you know? I do, I do. Wow. I mean, it was, it's been overwhelming for me <laughs> that uh, it would even get noticed if you want to know the truth. No, I understand that. But you know what? <laughs> Sit back and kind of revel in it and then continue because obviously there's something there. It's meaningful to people. Uh, your message, I like the way you frame the whole message. You're not hitting somebody over the head with the message to kind of own up to your, your faults, if you want to even call them that. You've got a knack for storytelling and your storytelling is a gift. So I hope you can continue. You know, I also saw something fun on your website, your um, knitting Oscar project. Tell me about that. My granddaughter, Adriana, kind of knitted the Oscar, <laughs> <laughs> which I couldn't believe. It's darling. It is. It is. That could be a thing. She could start a little Etsy store where she where you <laughs> yeah, sell, right. sell your book and her knitted Oscars. <laughs> Right. Oh, my oh dear. How fun. So you've kind of been through the process now of not really planning to publish a book, but getting it out there. If you were to give advice to others, similarly, who were thinking about putting their thoughts together and creating a book, any advice about writing or publishing a children's book that you would want to share? I would think to be yourself 
and to always take your own experiences as a child and capture how you felt as a child, Mm -hmm. listening to stories, how they taught you things and made you feel happy or scared or sad, and how they enriched your life. You know, that little girl, Betty, is always there. Yes. Somewhere. And sometimes I pull her up and think about her and how this little scared child learned how to go to Europe and take her children, learned how to get through college, learned how to teach, learned how to be a mother, learned how to be a grandmother. Yes. I mean, what more is there to life than that, really? and even help that little girl from Finland to get an education. Who would do that? That's, I mean, that is, that's beautiful. Well, she was a beautiful girl. Yeah, was meant to be, meant to meet and meant to help each other. Yep, Yep. she was like another daughter. No, I get that. Just such a lovely soul. (laughs) You really are. I just feel like you're just a beautiful human. Oh, thank you. My husband might not agree with you always on that. Well, <laughs> when we have our fights. <laughs> well, we all have that. That we all have right. that awful, horrible, smelly side to us, don't we? Yeah, we all have those smelly feet, right? <laughs> we do. Oh, I love that. Well, as we begin to wrap up, Betty, are we missing anything you wanted to highlight today? No. I, I can't think All of right. anything else. All right, good. Well, if you would then share any contact information or how folks can find out more about you, where they can get a copy of your book and keep up with you. Well, through uh, the Windy Sea Publishing, okay. they can get the book at Barnes & Noble, okay. Amazon. All the usual places, right? Right, right. Okay, and it's mm-hmm. it's Windy Sea Publishing? Yeah. Yes. Windy Sea. Yes. Yeah. All right, my friend, this has just been a beautiful 30 minutes spending time with you. Thank you so much. I hope you continue getting your stories on paper and getting them out to the world and just making the world a brighter place with your stories. I hope you do. And I hope you continue sharing with us. My kids have been jabbing me. They said, Grandma, you got great grandchildren. Now, come on, get with us. (laughs) And we go down to the beach and we have a beach there and I'm thinking of a story about Dolly the Dolphin, so we'll see. There you go. We can look forward to that. (laughs) You are lovely, Betty. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Well, thank you for letting me and doing this, and you made it very easy. I've never done this before, and I do appreciate it. Well, I'm happy to be your first. Now there's many more to come. (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much.